We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy Nation, what's going on? Irish Breakdown Podcast here coming to you on a Friday free-for-all mailbag. Best day of the week, Brian, because we get yeah. to just kind of relax, ease in, talk ball for a couple hours, man. Don't have hours, to do man. show prep. Don't have to do – already have the card made. So, yes, it is a and, nice day. And the best part is that we have built such a great community here and in the chat included – that we let you all run the show a little bit today, which is always a fun time. So I'm Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here at Irish Breakdown. And that, of course, is Mr. Brian Driscoll, the publisher here at irishbreakdown.com. We want to get right into it, man. A lot of stuff to talk about. We have questions about football. We have questions about Mike Bray and the basketball yeah. uh, things that are going on. We have a question about biscuits and gravy. We got a lot to get to today, man. A lot. And if you are in the chat and you just hopped in here, Keep throwing in those mailbag questions. Mm-hmm. You put an MB at the beginning. That always is a big Makes help it easier to just for us indicate. To Absolutely. The reason why is it helps us understand what's a question and what's part of a conversation. Exactly. Because what we don't want you guys to not be able to do is to talk to each other during the show. Now, sometimes we want you to kind of stay on topic, but today is mailbag Friday. You can talk about whatever you want, but it just helps us kind of find the questions and sort through those. So it's really helpful. If you don't do it, we'll still bring your question up. It's not like if you don't put the mailbag thing on there, you're not going to have your question answered. Just means we might miss it. Yes. And so it just yeah. helps us. Then B tag is definitely a little easier for us yes. maintaining this as we yes. go through the show, yes. but we're going to get into them. Keep throwing in those mailbag questions. We will we're, be here as long as Brian, you all want us to be here. We yes. got to start. That's not true. <laughs> 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 I may need to take a bathroom stop at some point in time, but yes, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see as long as we possibly can. This is a great way to start, right? Because Friday, we call it Friday free-for-all because it really is. You guys can talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you want to talk about college football, college basketball, NFL draft, whatever the case, we get people asking history questions, movie questions, rapper, who's my favorite rapper questions. We got that. It's now five pages on the message board, Ryan. Somebody yeah. had taken the comment. So I talked, were you on the show or did, yes. did you leave already? I was there. And so now everyone's giving their top five favorite rappers. It's like five pages long now, which is pretty cool. I didn't realize that. And there's some interesting ones. 
There's I, I even had, interesting ones. I even added a contribution into that post. Yeah, that wasn't was... much of a contribution. <laughs> wasn't much I of was, a contribution. I was trying to make a joke. It didn't land very well. <laughs> didn't land. It's all right, now. Like, what is this guy talking about? The Beatles. Yeah. So this is a great way to start, obviously. Uh, and yep. then we'll, we've got plenty of football and basketball questions to dive into. Yes. I was going to save this one for a little bit later because it's so unique, but I love these types of questions. So from Irish Go blooded, Hey, look, Irish blooded got in there first, man. He got in there like as soon as the show was started, basically and got that question going. So look. there were, there were no questions. He was in here yeah. several minutes before the podcast started from Irish blooded biscuits and gravy or bacon and eggs. These are the real questions that matter on a mailbag day. Brian, you want us to kick this one off, man? I, I actually mean, have a very, I have a very strong opinion on this one. Yeah. Very strong well, my, my dad would probably say yes to that question because he likes biscuits and gravy, and sometimes he likes biscuits and gravy with eggs. I'm more of a bacon and eggs guy. I'm not really, a, I'm not really. A, this is going to sound crazy. I'm not really a gravy fan. Like on Thanksgiving, I don't put gravy on everything. Like, you know, my wife will make her plate, and then she'll just like take her little homemade gravy and just like pour it over everything. My dad does that. And I'm just like you know okay i'm i'm good i'll just take my food if i need all that stuff on it it's kind of like a steak if i got to put a1 on a steak it's not a very good steak right if i got to put gravy on something then it's probably not that good so i'm i'm a huh. bacon and eggs kind of guy bacon eggs and then you know the thing i do now ryan is mm-hmm. i don't eat bacon a ton because i'm trying mm-hmm. to not be fat anymore uh, but i like uh i'll take potatoes and just like put eggs on top of potatoes and eat it that way like cut up some potatoes and, and roast some potatoes and yeah, yeah, that's that's that's, that's my favorite thing. When we go out to eat, we I usually get like a breakfast skillet that usually has the potatoes, the eggs, the whatever your breakfast meat is, and all in the same pan, which is fantastic. And it's all been yeah. cooking together. It's delicious. But for this question, I responded. My answer now, right this second, is bacon and eggs because I cut out carbs for the last week, so I can't eat biscuits and gravy at the moment. But if both are on the table. And I am partaking in carbs. It's biscuits and gravy, man. It's easy for me too. I'm a huge. I mean, I push back slightly, Brian. I'll eat that biscuit all by itself. I don't even need any butter on that yeah. good biscuit. All right, but the sausage gravy on top is fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my damn. I do want to get to one more breakfast question before we move on to football and basketball questions because okay. this is an interesting one, right? It says French toast or pancakes. I've, I've always been a French toast guy yeah. over pancakes. I, I I don't think there's a wrong answer. Like people always say like French toast, waffles, pancakes, rank them. I'm just like, I would eat every single one yeah. of those and be very happy with it. But yeah. I'm a French toast guy. I like the added flavor, the cinnamon, all that stuff. That's just yeah. me though. For me, Ryan, it depends on, on number one, my mood. Sometimes I'm in the mood for one or the other. Waffles is always third on my list. I, I, I like waffles, but I don't like love waffles. Okay. French toast and pancakes I love. It also depends on on where I'm eating at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like at home, I prefer to make French toast. I, I don't make good pancakes for some reason. Like, And what I mean by pancakes, I don't make them like you get them at like a restaurant. And I sure. love them at like, there's a place in South Bend. If you have never been there, it's called the Original Pancake House. I think there's like two of them. But it's the one on Ironwood right over by campus. And great place to have breakfast. Have you guys eaten there, Ryan? You're shaking your head like you guys ate there once when you were in town. I, I think we did go there yeah. one day. For it's breakfast, like that little yeah. yellow one uh, right mm-hmm. by campus. Yeah. Yes. Great, great there. breakfast. Yep. And uh, really, really nice place to eat. I love their pancakes. I can't make pancakes like that. I can make really good French toast, though. So at home, French toast. When I go out to a restaurant, usually I don't like French toast out and about as much as I like my French toast. Pancakes is the opposite. So when I go out, I get pancakes. When I eat at home, I make French toast. Usually. Are you a are you a so for your pancake and French toast preparation? Are you a 
Do you put stuff on top of the French toast other than syrup and butter? Do you mm-hmm. do partake in the berries or anything my, like, like that? My, I'll make that for my wife. I'll, okay. So I'll, she likes um she likes like blueberries mm-hmm. or raspberries. So I'll take them up and then just put like a little bit of syrup in there and yeah. then uh, put it on the microwave for like a minute and then stir it and then just pour right on top. Yeah. Sometimes if she's like in a like a like right now she can't eat right she doesn't she's trying not to eat a lot of processed sugar right now or so if I do it for her I'll just make it with just the berries heat them up you know let them get hot and then just stir it up and bam right there put it on there for so she likes that stuff I'm just a you know me Ryan when it comes to food I'm a pretty basic dude just give me butter and syrup and I'm ready to rock and roll it's funny because my wife is the same way she loves the berries and everything on top she she also likes like candied walnuts and stuff Hmm. like that on it and Angela's allergic to a lot of those kind of nuts so yeah gotcha but yeah but she's also likes like she likes blueberry and chocolate chip pancakes so like Whenever I make her pancakes, I just can't make normal pancakes. Now, she likes my pancakes. I think she just, you know, I think she just likes the fact that I make and she doesn't have to make it. But she likes chocolate chips and blueberries. I am a big, big chocolate chip and blueberry pancake guy. Not all together, but just separately. I do like stuff inside of pancakes because I'm not like a big, I don't know if you like are, but I... I don't pour like a ton of syrup on pancakes. I just pour enough. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like the added flavor a little bit could be a nice little addition to yeah. But uh, when I have pancakes out and about, I put a lot of syrup on it. Cause I just don't love the flavor. Yeah. But uh, when I make them at home, I don't put as much. I just, gotcha. I literally just cut it up and just kind of dip the bottom in, 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 in uh, syrup and then have it that way. Like I don't pour the syrup on top of the pancake. Mm. Right. I just put it, I mean on the, on pancakes or French toast, I kind of just put a little bit on the side and then just, Cut dip it up, it. dip the bottom, and then, yeah, because it's like with anything else. If you have to drown it in syrup, then you probably didn't make a very good it's batch very of true. French toast. That's, <laughs> very, tr- that's very true. <laughs> yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's get to some football <laughs> questions. That was fun. I, I enjoy conversation like that. And I also think it's kind of fun because then you guys get a chance to know us a little bit better beyond just football. So yes. we do have a couple super chats, which we appreciate. We'll always try to pop those to the top. We got one here from Sean Kelly, right? 
From Sean Kelly, how, thank you for the super chat, by the way, Sean. How do you feel about Deion Sanders getting Cormani McLean? Are you guys on the Deion hype train? What do you think Colorado's record will be next season? That's funny, Brian. We were actually talking about this last night on a phone call. <laughs> let's break this up into three, Ryan. Let, yeah. let, let's let's talk. Let's first start, uh, and I want to go to the second one first because mm-hmm. I think that's the most pertinent. It kind of plays into all the others. Yeah. I'm on board with the hype train from the standpoint of. I think Dion is a did a really good job at Jackson State, right? I mean, he went out and got really good players. And you can say all you want about, oh, we had more talented teams than who he played every week. That's fine. But I also know that team won a lot of close games at time when they needed to, and they won a lot of games. And just because you have talent doesn't mean you can just go roll the ball out there and beat everyone you play every game. And even in the last game of the year, where they were incredibly distracted, they they still battled and played down to the wire. Now, yes, he did have better players than just, I mean, you know, his son was thrown to two five-star recruits, right? I mean, legit big time five-star recruits. And so, yeah, you're, you're, you're should have some level of success, but I think he did a good job coaching. I mean, I mean, you can't take that away from them. They went what 20 and three the last two years, something like that. Like what were they like nine and two last year and like 11 and one this year, something like that. Yep. Yep. So I think he did a good job coaching. He's still evolving as a coach, as every head coach is going to be in year, what, basically three, because his first year was the COVID year. And, I mean, there was no fall. They There's so much they couldn't do. They had, like, a little short springs. I was kind of like, to me, like a exhibition season almost, right? But the two years since, I mean, they did a good job. And as I've said this before, if you're Colorado, this was your only chance to get Dion. If he stayed there for two, three more years, he was going to be way beyond Colorado. Sure. So I think it's a great, great decision by them. And if he can't coach and he's gone in three years, he's going to leave you a really talented roster for whoever replaces him. And if he does really well and wins a bunch, he's still going to leave in three years. Probably. You know, I'm just like hypothetically. And he's still going to leave you a really talented roster. So this is the kind of move Colorado had to make to become relevant because it's just a program nobody cares about. Arguably the worst Power 5 program in college football last year. I mean, they were awful. Oh, they were terrible. They're awful. awful. Yeah. And, yep. you know, this gives them a shot in the arm. I mean, their, their roster right now is significantly more talented than it was two months ago no before it got hired. Yeah. And so, yeah, why why not? So now is – is I, I don't know anyone that's hyping him up unfairly as if like, oh, he's a master coach and he's going to coach circles. Or, no, they're saying, look, this guy's going to bring a, a different personality to the game, which he is. He so far has not done anything that I view to be disrespectful to anyone. He, he's just being himself. What what's wrong with that? Right? Like this is yes. who Deion Sanders is. And and to me, it's it's I like different personalities. I, I I think as long as you're honest and doing what you you're doing, and you're not out there blatantly blank, blank breaking rules, I got no problem with what you do. You could be the classiest guy in the world, but if you're out there cheating and breaking rules, I have no respect for you. And he gives Colorado a chance to be relevant, which I think is is good so i and he's made good hires for the most part he's made pretty good hires so far in my opinion as well ryan yeah now he has and i would say this too brian i've seen some people question the authenticity of deon sanders and i would just like to say that is who deon sanders is like he is prime time i mean it's it's a little over the top at times i agree with that but like that's who he is right like and i accept and I think most of what he says is funny to be honest like i don't push back on much you know what i mean like some of it's over the top but it's going to be everybody, you know, like I'm sure there's some things that I say sometimes where people are like, man, you're over the top. You need to stop talking. And it's just like, that's fine. I get it. Or tweeting. Yes. I, I, uh, yes. (laughs) 
no argument. Look, every coach does and says things for effect. It's part of coaching. Marcus Freeman does it. Nick Saban does it. Everybody. Ryan Day does it. Dabo does it. There's always some level of salesmanship to what you're saying and doing. Yes. Dion's comes across more unauthentic to some people because he's so flashy with it. But again, that's who Dion is. And so is he saying things that's gamesmanship, that's recruiting, that's for effect? Yeah, but he's doing it in a way that is him. Yes. And it's his style. And I'm all for authenticity in the sport, right? I mean, if you're an a-hole, you're an a-hole, and I'll call you an a-hole. But, you know, my whole thing is I I want someone to be authentic. Uh, And I can't hammer him for being authentic in a way that I personally don't want a coach to be. Sure. Because he's being authentic. Right? Yes. I don't want him to conform and not be himself because what is that? What message does that send to young people that want to get into coaching? Well, if you're this way personality wise, you can't be that way because you, you know, right? Be yourself. Just yeah. make sure you're giving a rip about the kids. Make sure you're doing things the right way, and that you care about developing young people. And anyone that's been around Deion Sanders the last decade knows that this is a guy that has a genuine heart and passion for developing young men. Mm-hmm. And there's always a place like that a place yeah. for people like that in college football. And I think that when this when this hire happens, I think there's two sides to this conversation, right, with the actual hire. I loved it for Colorado because I'm like, you needed to get talent in the room. Like, you needed to, man. That, that roster is barren as all heck. Like, it is just – there was no talent on the roster before Dion was there, right? And he's going to, in, he's going to inject talent into that roster. And whether he's here – two years, four years, or he's gone in a flash, right? He is going to make this roster a lot better than where it was to begin with. And Colorado was a reeling program at that point. I was a little confused on why Colorado for Dion originally, right? Because I was like, because I don't know if the windows are going to match up, Brian. Like, that's where I am, right? I don't think this is a quick rebuild where, like, you're going to have this team at 10 wins in a year or two. Like, I just don't think this isn't a Lincoln Riley USC situation because Lincoln Riley and USC, they were coached poorly. He inherited a lot of talented players. Exactly. And then he added the new talented players on top of it. Dion's adding talented players on top of a horrible roster. And and I guess this. I guess this could change, but I, I think of, and I think you mentioned something similar to this. I think this is a stepping stone for Dion, right? Sure. Like, I don't think this is the last place he's ever going to coach, right? Yeah, I don't see Dion there in 10 years. Right. Exactly. So I'm just, I, I don't know if the windows are going to match up from when Colorado's really good and Dion's still content with being at Colorado. Like, I don't know if those things are going to match up, but regardless for Colorado, it's a great move. It's yeah. great. Your roster's going to get a lot better. And the next coach, if it's after Dion and they haven't quite hit their peak, the next coach is going to inherit a great, ro- a really talented roster. There's no doubt about that. So, and Colorado was so bad before this, you had to take a gamble a little bit, right? Like you have to say high risk, high reward type of situation. Like that, that's or it's just what Deion Sanders is, right? It, could it end up great? Possibly. Could it end up not great, but it's still heading in the better direction? Absolutely. It like, that's cannot get worse. No, it can't get it worse. It literally cannot get worse. worse. Nope. The only thing worse than what they were is to disband the football program. I mean, they were that bad. Awful. And And for Dion, I've started to – it started to make sense for me, actually, after I thought about it for a while, Ryan, because number one is I think Dion knows that there's areas as a coach he has to grow. I think he's aware of that. So do you want to jump into the SEC as a, as a still developing coach? Like recruiter, yes – he has an idea of what he's doing as a coach, but look with anything, Ryan, there's always a level of 
I'm going to be a better coach in year 10 than I am in year three. And there's things you learn and it's the whole, you don't know what you don't know till you, you know, till it kind of hits you in the face. Right. Yes. And, and so where do you want to do that at? Do you want to do that in the ACC? Well, that's a, that's a bit of a challenging division or conference at the top. You've got Florida state ascending and do you really want to coach against your alma mater? You know, I, I don't think so. Do you want to do it in the SEC? No. Do you want to do the Big Ten? Not a great fit for him in the Big Ten, for, you know, and, and things like that. And so then you got the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Well, in the Pac-12, you're looking at a situation, Ryan, where they're going to lose the two two of the prominent programs in the conference in a couple of years. It's going to become a much more winnable conference in, in 2024. And and it's a conference that that to me you can make a you can make a faster rise at a place like Colorado in the big in the Pac-12 than you could at, at say you know a program like a um, I'm trying to think of a pro Rutgers in the Big Ten for example mm-hmm. uh, Val, Vanderbilt in the SEC it's much easier to make that rise for two reasons number one worst conference especially once USC when I say worst conference. I'm looking ahead to USC and UCLA being out of it. Sure. Okay? The second part of it, Ryan, is when when you kind of evaluate the some of the the schools that aren't good at football in other conferences, it's because they're not football schools. This is a football school, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not a football school from the standpoint of like a Notre Dame or an Ohio State or a USC, but it's still football is a sport they want to be good at. And it's still, they still have a good history at Colorado they do. too, for the most part. They do. So yeah. So there, and I think it also expands Dion's reach from a recruiting standpoint. So when he does get that, let's just say he does, let's say Mike Norvell does a great job, and and he ends up leaving for the NFL or something like that, and Dion takes over at Florida State, or if he replaces out Nick Saban at Alabama in two years, I'm just for argument's sake. Well, now he's kind of tapped into every part of the country as a recruiter, and yep. that's only going to benefit him at those places in my opinion so man could you imagine can you imagine him recruiting at alabama with all the resources he has there be it won't be any different no i mean because how much better can it get i mean he's gonna get the numbers one through 25 players in the country i I don't think so and and look not everyone's gonna want to play for a coach like that just like not everyone wants to play for nick saban not everyone wants to play for marcus freeman not there's there's always those type of things so, I mean, yeah, how much – so is he going to recruit – I mean, he, Alabama's one or two every year. I mean, how much better can that really get? You and know, that's kind of the way I look at it. Their recruiting class this year was was quite good as well, to your point. And the so. rally, too, is 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 he's a long way away from being the coach that Nick Saban is, as is Marcus yes. Freeman and, and a lot of other coaches. So, no doubt. I mean, that, that's then. the other part. Too. First part of it, how do you feel about him getting Cormani McClain? I think this is good for college football. I think it's good for Notre Dame. Like some people don't like this. Oh, he's going to take Kyrus from the number of players he's going to take for Notre Dame is not going to be great. I mean, you're going to get your Dylan Edwards types, but I'm just be honest with y'all. If Dylan Edwards didn't leave Notre Dame for Colorado, he was going to leave Notre Dame for Kansas State. He was going to take an NIL deal at Kansas State. Just that's just that's what we came to find out. So it, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. And you look at them sur- surging and you look at potentially Miami surging and you're looking at Tennessee surging and things like these are all good for Notre Dame because what it means is these schools are going to start taking more and more players from Bama. Cause you know, the other school that was looking at Cormani McLean and was trying to get him on campus besides Miami Alabama. was Alabama. Yeah. So guess where he's not going to a school that Notre Dame has to play in the next four years or, 
you know, you start taking the Travis Hunters. So he's not going to Florida State he's go, or Alabama or LSU or Clemson or Georgia. He's going to Colorado. And so you're spreading the wealth around. Notre Dame's going to get theirs, right? They're going to get theirs. But the problem now is so much of the talent is being sort of kind of put into just a couple small places, right? Alabama, Georgia at the top, Ohio state to a degree. Although, you know, I I think Ohio state's recruiting ranking this year was a tad overrated for me. I thought their class was ranked a little higher than it should. Thank you. And, and so you're going to see, start to see if guys like Dion start having success. If, if Mario Cristobal can start taking some of those kids. Yeah. Miami gets better, but Georgia gets less better. All right. Bama gets less better. Uh, honestly, if we're just talking about what's good for college football, it's good if Brian Kelly can beat Bam and Georgia for some recruits at LSU. It's yep. good if Jimbo Fisher can beat those guys for recruits because, again, it spreads the Le- talent out. Levels it out. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. And which makes it easier for Notre Dame to kind of slide up in there. And that's the way it was when we were kids. I mean, or when I was a kid, there was a lot more talent spread out through all parts of the country. Like, I want to see James Franklin going down into Florida and taking kids. I want to see him going down into Georgia and taking kids. Because that means they're not going to be a Bama. And there's more and more talent spread out. And I think those are good things for college football and certainly good things for Notre Dame. And then the last part, Ryan, you and I talked about yesterday. What do you think mm-hmm. about Colorado's record that will be this next season? It ain't going to be good, I don't think. I mean, that that record's – I mean, that uh, that schedule is rough, man. Yeah. That's rough. I mean, I was looking at it yesterday. I know they opened with TCU, but they have let, – let, Let's read their football schedule yeah. for next year, Ryan. And this is in yeah. order. At TCU – home against Nebraska, home against Colorado State. If they're 2-1 and one to start the season, that's a bit of a miracle. Then they're at Oregon, home against USC, at Arizona State, home against Stanford, winnable, by game, at UCLA, home against Oregon State, who's going to be really good next year, home against Arizona, at Washington State, at Utah. <laughs> that is a brutal schedule. I mean, just brutal schedule. I mean, honestly, and I know people are going to be like, "It's how is that a success?" But if they get to five and seven or six and six on that on that schedule, that's a great coaching job by Deion Sanders, in my opinion, right? Like, I mean, I looked at that schedule originally. I'm like four and eight, maybe. Like, that's probably what it is. But I honestly think that you can get a lot out of the season if you go five and seven or six and six, and you have some competitive losses in that sense, right? Like, that's kind of how I see it. I, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough sliding because I understand that. Hey. You get Travis Hunter. You get Kamani McLean. Shador Sanders is a good football player. How good he is, we'll we'll see soon. We'll see soon enough, That's right? Debatable. Yep. That's debatable. Yeah. They're bringing in some pretty good talent, though, and it's definitely going to be I'll better say this than about last Shador year. Sanders. I think he's getting a little bit too much hype. Yes, but he's definitely better than what they had at quarterback the last couple of years. Yes, they're better than Brendan Lewis and J.P. <laughs> Shrout that they were yes. propping out there last year. I yes. agree, hundred percent. Agree, hundred percent. So. The talent is definitely better than it was last year. They'll be more competitive than they were last year. They will be better than they were last year. But still, folks, be I don't – more fun, I, yes. right? That's the thing. They're going to be more fun to watch because they're going to have better players. But I still think that some people are underestimating the set, the fact that that roster was terrible, guys. Like, it wasn't just that it was not like, – it wasn't like it was average or slightly below average. Like, it was a depleted it was a below average. It was a below-average group of five roster. Yes. I'm just yep. straight up, Ryan. If they played at the group of five level last year, I don't think they make a bowl game. Yeah. Um, if they play in the a- AAC or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Mountain yeah. West. Yes. 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 Yep. So, I mean, they were they were bad. 
last year, right? I mean, they, they, they lost to Colorado State last year, right? And Colorado they, State was bad last year, too. <laughs> actually, they didn't play Colorado State last year. So that's weird. They the usually play them. But they lost to Air Force 41 to 10. I mean, they weren't just losing games. They were getting they lost by 25, 31, 42, 28, 23, beat Cal in overtime at home, then lost by 39, 8 to a over at home to a team that had fired their coach. 39 point loss, 38 point loss, 47 point loss, and a 42 point loss. So they weren't just losing. They were getting annihilated, yes. annihilated by people. They were awful. Yes. Awful. So and, and anyway. I, and I, I know you brought in a lot of talent, but at, but there's still a there's still a foundation there, right? right? And it's not. And that's, Ryan, that's why I was making the point earlier about USC, because yeah. USC was still adding on to a pretty, ta- a, a, I mean, almost, a, a, there's a lot of guys, they're, they're big sack guy. It's not a transfer guy. Right, there's, I don't think yeah. either the, one of their starting corners was not. Uh, th- four of their starting five offensive linemen, I think, were guys who were already there. There yeah. was already a level of, hey, they've got a, 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 an okay foundation to build upon. Now you've got to try to go and add even more onto it. And he was obviously able to do that, but yeah. you know, and Shador Sanders is not Caleb Williams. Yes, that's the other and- part. And Travis Hunter could end up being an absolute dude, and I'm sure he will be. But are, are we guaranteeing that he is going to be Jordan Addison this year compared to where Jordan Addison was as a junior? You know, like just right. again, the impact transfers, I think, for USC it was something that's a little bit different as well. I think Shooter is yeah. a good player. I don't know if he's, I mean, he's definitely not Caleb Williams. I, I just, I don't know how good he is. We'll see. Right. We'll see how good. But he even is. if he's pretty darn good, it's still not Caleb, Caleb Williams. And. Yes. He's not going to have the town around him that Caleb Williams had. No doubt. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. And somebody just texted me. And who was the head coach for Colorado most of the year? It's Mike Sanford Jr. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> I there forgot was he was the Rose C, man. Yeah. I forgot yeah. he was the Rose C. And then he became the, the interim head coach. Yeah, it was not good. Oh. We got another super chat here from Kay Grant, my dude. Thank you. Kay Grant, great intel on the message board. It's worth the money. Appreciate you guys at A, at IB. I almost said AB, at IB. Yeah. Kay Grant, we appreciate you, sir. We appreciate you Absolutely, as always. Absolutely, man. And, and there is some good intel on there. So I appreciate yep. that very, very much. So always, always appreciate when it's, uh, you know, because, you know, we don't, um, some people know this, we have spent $0 in my three years since starting Irish Breakdown, going on four now. Mm-hmm. Uh, $0 on advertising because I've always felt like I want our work to speak to be our advertising and to grow more organically. So when people say things like that, we certainly, we certainly appreciate it. These next two super chats are hilarious, Ryan. From Alejandro Cornell. Alejandro, thank you so much for the super chat. Hey guys, great job as always. First off flying up from Georgia for the spring game. Chances IB will be tailgating. Lastly, I'm curious on your opinion on how many natties Notre Dame will have by 2030. Well, uh, we, as, as weather allowing, we will have a tailgate at the spring game. So that's that's the plan. And if weather's not good, what we'll probably do is do some sort of get-together, um, either the night before or the night after the game. You know, maybe come home, do the do the, do the the um, post-game show, and then maybe meet out at a restaurant with everybody or something like that is probably what we'll do. But I definitely want to be able to meet up with everybody. Sounds so, good. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. That last one's interesting, Ryan. You know, opinion on how many natties? I mean, I I hope they have one. I mean, that, that'd be nice. <laughs> yes. um, 
I will be I will be happy with one if I'm being yeah. honest here, right? Yeah. Like I haven't seen one, so I'd be happy were, with yeah, one. Yeah, you haven't been alive. What you were born in the nineties, right? Right. Ninety one. Ninety one. Yeah. Yep. So the closest you got was nineteen ninety three. Yes. And when you were two. And obviously I don't remember nineteen ninety three. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go on a limb and assume that, right? So you just made me feel really old because I was fifteen that year. So thanks a lot. Buddy. Oh, stop. But uh, you, haven't, you, you haven't you haven't aged a day, sir. You haven't yeah, aged a day. Yeah, I have uh, I have direct evidence that that's not true. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, look, I, my whole thing is 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 you know, as a fan, I hope they got a couple. I hope they get a couple as a fan, right? As an analyst, do I think they have a shot to make a run at one? Yeah, but some things have got to continue to evolve and change, and and they got to get better at some certain areas in my opinion, for that to happen. But I, I hope they see, I hope they get one. I think they can get one. I, I think that they're on the verge. I think there's so many fans panicking. Oh, NIL, they're not going to be able to get kids. And I'm like, you guys do realize this. I don't care what the rankings say. This is Notre Dame's best recruiting class the last decade. I don't give a crap what rivals and 247 sports say about it. Yeah. And just show me one better. You know, you, you can't, in my opinion. And so I, I think they're heading the right direction. Now it's time to take that next step. And we're going to find out if Coach Freeman can get the program to that point. That's going to be the... That's going to be the next question, right, Ryan? I, I will. I will say this. Yeah, I mean, because it is the question. But I would say this for my actual answer to this question, Alejandro. If Notre Dame is able to get a national championship in within one within the next two to three years, I think they have an opportunity to get two in in two thousand third. Because it's it's like the monkey off your back type of thing, right? You get one off your back quickly, then the aura around the program completely changes from a player perspective, from a coaching perspective. Because hey. All those kids are coming Notre Dame right now to win national championships, right? But the fact of the matter is, is you haven't won once since 1988. That is a fact. There's a monkey on the back right now. You haven't done it. You haven't done it. So until you prove that you can, it's far-fetched. I mean, that's just kind of where we're at, right? I think if Notre Dame proves that they can, then the avalanche opens up, right? Now more recruits are like, oh, you can win there too. That's wild. That's wild. So then recruiting takes even a bigger jump up. And you start getting more talents, and now other if, if you're if you're if coaches are going to other opportunities to you know coordinator jobs or head coaching jobs or NFL jobs or whatever it is, you're also attracting higher quality coaches too continuously, right? Like you don't have to fight as much. Like it's like they want to come here. That's just where because now Notre Dame is a high caliber program that. It strives for all the right things, has great standards, and they've shown that they can win a national championship in the modern era, right? So I think if you do that next couple years, the floodgates open and people just start having a different perception of Notre Dame because there's that little backhanded stuff with Notre Dame now. (laughs) I haven't won a championship in X amount of years, right? And it's fair. What's the other thing that happens if they win a championship, Brian? You're going to see it in the NFL draft. It's going to be shown in the NFL draft. Whether the talent's that much better – like literally, if the quarterback position is all that gets better, there's a chance they could compete for a championship, right? But what's going to happen is kind of what happened with LSU. Like, how many of those kids that were drafted in, in the, of the 15 kids that were drafted by in the NFL draft after LSU won a title have gone on to be really good players? I think like three, right? Burrow, Chase, and Jefferson. Has anybody else yeah. from that group? I mean, Clyde Edwards Lair, has he played like a first rounder? He's been a good role player, correct? But has he played like a first rounder? No, As a Broncos no. fan, I know Lloyd Cushenberry hasn't played like a third rounder. No, you know, how many those other guys have done so? Pa- right? Patrick Queen, Patrick Queen has been very up and down for the Ravens. Derek Stingley Jr. was solid as a rookie, but we'll see type of thing. I, 
Yeah, I'm more know. referring to like the guys that were drafted, like in that 15. That, and that's um, it. Okay, gotcha. that that very next year, you know, yeah. uh, that's kind of you know because they had 15 kids taken. So it's uh, Chase on was the first round pick. How's he been? Been bad. It's been bad. Okay. He doesn't even start. Right. Uh, Patrick Patrick Queen. How's Not he been? Up and down. Up and down. Yeah. Okay. Clyde Edwards Alaire. He's a backup now for the Chiefs. Okay. Um, Grant Delpit. Uh, I think he's a backup safety for the Browns. Christian Fulton. Fulton's been okay for the Titans. He's been banged up a little bit. He's been okay. okay Damian Lewis. He starts for the Seahawks. I don't know how good he okay. is, though. Lloyd Cushenberry. Not great. Okay. <laughs> Jacob Phillips. Not. Uh, I think he's a spot starter for the Browns, okay. the linebacker. Sadiq Charles. By the way, if you're someone who's looking for what uh, the a body type like Neil Wagner's that can be successful, that's that's your college version of that. Yeah, he was talented, man. He's a head yeah. case off the field. I don't think yeah. he's done much in the NFL so far. Yeah, but he was six four, six four, long arms, two ninety five. But yes. he was a uh, to me. You look at him, he's like that guy's not two ninety five. <laughs> he he's just. I was watching some all twenty two of LSU, and I started right to left. I'm like. You know Austin Deculus, and you're like, dude, that guy looks different. Like, look at that yes. skin; it's a rail. Um, so, uh, so, so Richard Lawrence from for the Cardinals. I think he's a backup interior player. Okay, those were all guys taken in the first four rounds of that draft. Yeah, right. And so and then, of course, Jamar Chase was taken the next year. Uh, so the, the point is, is that they're going to get overdrafted. They always do this; they overdraft guys. Look how many of the Georgia kids were overdrafted last year. Some of them are, you know, good players, but like Trayvon Walker, from what I read, has had a had a good rookie year. But did he have a number one overall draft? Some people have said he had a good rookie year, but has anyone made the claim? That's not the point, Ryan. The point mm-hmm. is, has anyone made the claim that boy he's played like the number one overall draft pick so far? I I, I don't I haven't read no. that. Absolutely not. Right. And so if Georgia was a seven and five team last year, Trayvon Walker's not the one number one overall draft pick. Can we agree on that? You know, the, their fourth tight end doesn't get drafted last year if they don't win the national championship. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But what does that do? That then breeds in like, wow, what's the one thing holding Notre Dame back? Or two things. It's what Marcus Freeman said. We got to show kids that they can get a great education, which we've already done. We've got to show them we can get them to the NFL and we got to show that we can win a championship. You win a championship, then all of a sudden you're going to have three or four or five players that were either get drafted that wouldn't have or get drafted higher. Because for Notre Dame to win a championship, Sam Hartman's got to ball out. That pro- that may put him in the you know day two, early day three. You're going to one of the running backs is going to break out and become a day two draft pick, right? I mean, that's just the evolution of it. Joe Walt becomes a top ten NFL draft pick. Maybe Blake Fisher goes into the draft and is a top ten NFL draft pick. You know, you're going to see guys like that across the board. Riley Mills, you know, could be a guy that breaks out, becomes a day two draft pick. If 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 he would have to be for Notre Dame to go win a championship this year, is the point that I'm making. Right. J.D. Bertrand all of a sudden is a day three draft pick, like lock day three draft pick because he was the leading tackler on a team that won a national championship. Right. Cam Hart all of a sudden becomes a coveted player for. So it just kind of goes like that is my point. Guys that maybe were six round draft picks become four third round draft picks. Guys that were undrafted become fifth round draft picks. Guys that were maybe day two guys become round one guys. That's been the history of the NFL draft. Teams that win, their players get overdrafted constantly. Yep. We'd have a long talk about players at Alabama that have even the ones that become good NFL players that have not lived up to their draft where they were selected in the draft. 
Yeah. That's just the reality of it. And that's hard to argue. Like somebody got all in their feelings because I had said in the show recently that Alabama has not produced a lot of stars in the Nick Saban area. And somebody was like, you're insane. And I'm like, name them. Okay, Julio. I saw saw that comment, yeah. Right, Julio and who? There's been a couple guys. I mean, Marcel Darius was good for a couple years. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick's turned out to be a pretty darn good player, right? But think about all the first-round Marlon Marlon Humphrey's been excellent for the Ravens, a corner, yeah. All right, let's – Andre Smith was not that guy, right? Think of all the offensive linemen, of any of them. I've heard that Evan Neal had a good rookie year, right? That's that's one. Yeah. But, like – there's a lot of guys that I, Jonathan Allen has been pretty good he's, from what I understand beast. for the Redskins. He's a beast, yeah. But like, Deron Payne is, is also is very he good. Is he a star? Oh, yeah. Is he an Aaron Donald? Is he a JJ Watt? Mm. That's my point. Yeah. Where Notre Dame in this last 10 years has produced arguably, not even arguably in my opinion, but some would argue, two Hall of Famers. And a third guy that if he can get back on track, according to what you've said, is a chance for another Hall of Famer. I'm talking about Zach Martin and Harrison Smith. And then, of course, you know, if Quentin Nelson get back on track, he could have a chance to get there if he can have a career like like Zach Martin's. How many Hall of Famers is, have you look and say, well, that guy's going to be a Hall of Famer that Alabama's produced last 10 years? Pro- pro- Julio, maybe? Probably, yeah. I would say, right? Julio, Who yeah. else? And and that's I mean, the point I mean, There's some guys that if they, you know, that are like the Quentin Nelson. trend in. Yeah. So that's my point is sure. it was the sum was always better than the parts, but some of those guys that were good players that were maybe third or fourth round picks got picked in round one or two because of it. Alex Leatherwood's a perfect example. If Alex Leatherwood played at Vanderbilt, does anybody think he's a first round draft pick? No. Does anybody actually think that that's, he's a first round draft pick? He's not. He's he not. Just, he wasn't very good. He just wasn't a very good player. But right, yeah, yeah. right. Mark Ingram's. I go back to even him back in. I mean, Mark Ingram was a real. Has been a good NFL running back. But was he, is he really a first round pick if he played at Kentucky? Nah, nah. that's I that's my point. That. And so yeah. that help. That's not a bad thing. I mean, that helps Notre Dame and that has helped Alabama, and that's what a championship would do. So to your point, Ryan, if they do one soon, next couple mm-hmm. years, then all of a sudden the recruiting ramps up. And you've got a chance to do another one. Floodgates open up. And then you're not going to get, and this is no shade of Keon Keeley because I understand why he did what he did, right? But then the whole, you know, NFL track thing isn't a conversation as much anymore. Bingo. Because the things that that ultimately were decision makers for Keon, which is, look, football is going to be my, basically my major in college, right? That's my chosen profession. Why do... Why do people go to college? More often than not, some go to college for reasons that are stupid and silly and you should save your money. Uh, but others for a lot, most others, it's to, I, why do kids, students pick Notre Dame? I want to do this vocationally. And this is the place that gives me the chance to be, to be the, you'll get a great education at it. And then to go make the most money and find the best jobs and have the most impact in my vocation. Right. Why is it wrong for a football player to make a decision based off that? It's not. Yeah. So if you're a kid like Keon Keeley and your goal is to, I want to be an elite football player and be a high draft pick and win championships, sure. where, where, what's a better place for him to go to than Alabama, yeah. right? It's no different than saying, hey, convince a, a great student from New Jersey that Notre Dame's a place to be if you want to be a, a business owner and, a, and, and run a business. Hey, be part of the number one overall ranked Mendoza School of Business. It's a great selling point because that's what he wants to do for his profession down the road. Keon wants to be a football player. And so why would he not want to do that? Right. And so to your point, Ryan, if all of a sudden Notre Dame can say, dude, we can see, I'll see you're this and we, we, we can match that. 
We've got a championship. We just had three guys go in the first round in the NFL draft. And then yes. guess what? Keon's in South Bend. Let's just say this. If Notre Dame would have uh, had a – let's just say hypothetically that Notre Dame would have had – would have got Trevor Lawrence out of college, high school. Just mm-hmm. that – just him. Just Trevor Lawrence. 2018, Notre Dame was a championship. And, and I'll take that to my grave. And I know a lot of people at Clemson that would feel the same way because of how good and how much respect they had for that Notre Dame team in 2018. Well, then what happens with that 2019 recruiting class and that 2020 recruiting class and that 2021 recruiting class? Yep. You know what I mean? Even with Brian Kelly doing what he did or, or didn't do at Notre Dame, right? And so then all of a sudden, Notre Dame's got a championship when Keon was old enough to know it, to recognize it. All of a sudden, Julian Aguar becomes a little bit higher draft pick because of it. All of a sudden, Khalid Kareem maybe gets picked a couple rounds higher, and Dalen Hayes gets picked a couple rounds higher, and Drew Tranquil gets picked a couple rounds higher, things along those lines. And all of a sudden, Keon's like, well, yeah, I could go to Notre Dame and get the great education and also get the other two. Because here's the deal. Marcus Freeman, this has come from Marcus Freeman's own mouth. We want to get the best players. We got to show them that we can give them a great education, that they can play championship football, and that we can get them to the NFL. And right now, Notre Dame versus Bama, they can only win one of those. If they can start winning two of those, then all of a sudden, they start getting the Keon Keeleys. Right? That yep. That's just the reality of it. They start maybe, maybe, They start getting some of these guys. And that's then all of a sudden one becomes two. And as I've said before, Bama's run on recruiting where they were getting number one class every year didn't start till after they had won at least one title. Sure. It really, it kind of started after they'd won two is when it really got crazy. And so you, you got to bring that hardware home and all of a sudden you're going to start recruiting better. And that's just the reality of it. You, you just reminded me of another guy, by the way, Drew Tranquil's had a really nice year for the Chargers yeah. this year. He had a really nice year, yeah. which was I, nice to I see. I didn't watch a whole lot, but I noticed, like, in the, the playoff game, Alohi had a, a huge pass breakup. Drew had the early interception and some good tackles, yep. and then Alohi had a really nice pass breakup in that game. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I hope that we get to that point from the recruiting side of things, because then it's just going to be the negative recruiting is going to be hilarious, man. If you can't use the championship thing against Notre Dame anymore, if you can't use the NFL track thing against Notre Dame anymore, it's just like, uh, it's cold. It's cold up there. Yeah. I promise. It's cold. And then, and then that's when they lose. Yes. That's when they lose. Because you'll have parents who are like, dude, I can, th-. you'll have parents pulling the Corey Miner's mom conversation. Corey Miner's mom. Sitting there's like, you know, she's there's all these things, and, and Corey's like, I it's too cold here. And his mom's like, look around, right? Like, I can buy you a jacket. I can't, I can't buy you a Notre Dame education. You know right. what I mean? Like, and you you ha- there's a lot of parents out there like that. But right now, you can't make you can't make that argument to Caleb Downs as a parent. Like, I right. I, I until we got from a lot of different sides of this conversation, is Caleb Downs' parents, if they if it was their choice, there's a good chance he ends up in Notre Dame. We've been told that by several sources, not Notre Dame coaches either. That's not who we're talking about. Yeah. But they're going to let him make his decision. And what's he want to do? He wants to be an NFL football player and could play for championships. Yeah. Why would you not go to Bama? Why would you not go to Bama or Georgia over Notre Dame? Sure. And so all of a sudden, he's another player that all of a sudden starts. So there's a lot of kids out there that really like Notre Dame. But right now, Notre Dame cannot offer two of those three things that matter to these kids. And with all due respect, education for most of these kids is not going to trump the other two just not for a lot of kids and understandably so for the elite kids it's understandable and so Caleb Downs didn't go to Alabama for NIL NIL was a part of Keon's conversation but it was not the driving force right that 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 we thought it was early and that a lot of people think that it was and so you start doing those things Ryan and, and things change a ton and that's why it is important that Notre Dame take it 
like even if they can just make a run to the title game and have a Clemson 2015 type of loss, that moves the needle big time for recruiting, which then will make it easier to maybe go knock that door down the next year. Right. So, because because yeah. if you're close, then you could also then guys are more likely to be like, I think I'm the difference. If I go there, I could push them over the top at that point. Right. So, agree completely. Brian, do we have any more super chats that we need we to get do to? A lot of super chats. Here, here, oh, nice. here's one that's not going to be a very long conversation for me. But from, why don't you go ahead with this one from from <laughs> Kim, from Quinn yeah. Kibler? Quinn, thank you so much for the question. Can we talk about Trent Dilfer at UAB now? LOL. It was an interesting hire. I don't, I don't know what to think about it. I mean, yeah. it's it's like one of those. It's it's a name, right? And I know that Trent Dilfer was a really successful head coach on the high school level recently, but it's a big jump, right? It's a big jump. I mean, I don't know. I don't really have too many thoughts on it. We'll see what happens yeah. with it. I just think it was a, I think it's a name in the door type of thing, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I guess he did a good job, supposedly, at the high school team. I just haven't followed Trent Dofer's career very much. I'm I'm not a huge Trent Dofer fan. I, I, th- I think they had a nice record over the last couple of years, so it's yeah. just it's that. So yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so let's go to the to, to the to the next one. So, but, but what they're trying to do is, but why why was Trent why was the door open for Trent Dilfer? What do you mean, as far as because of to me, it's because of the success Dion had at Jackson State. Think so? Just like direct carryover type of thing. I, I do. Thing. I think people are like, hey, look, these guys don't need a whole lot of coaching experience. They're former professionals. Look what Dion it's- did at Jackson State. He took over a a really not good. FBS to FCS team with very bad resources in the middle of a water crisis where they're not able to like take showers and have water at practice. And they went 11 and 0 in the regular season. Sure. Right. Wow. You know, this guy's actually shown to be a good coach at the high school level. He's been working with the elite 11 for years. Cause that's the thing about Dion is people act like Dion was just like hanging out doing athlete commercials, not doing anything. And then Jackson state said, Hey, what you doing, man? I'm nothing sitting by the beach, hanging out. Dion's been involved in high school sports and camps and coaching and stuff for a long time. He just hasn't been like a coach at a team. Sure. Right. And so that's, you know, Trent Dilfer was a high school coach. So it's like, well, wow, Dion did it. And what, how do you think Eddie George got his job with all due respect, Eddie George, it's because Tennessee state fell. Well, look, look, maybe we can tap into what happened with Dion did at Jackson state. That's fair. And, And so I think things like that are opening up doors for former players that don't have a lot of experience as head coaches. Mm-hmm. Whereas before they'd have to come in and be an assistant and then work their way up and do all that kind of stuff. Now they're it's like, hey, let's get give this guy a shot at a, a school that will never. I mean, 
if UAB waited five or six years for Trent Dilfer to develop as a college coach somewhere else, they wouldn't have a shot to get him. That's a good so point. Your, your chances now. Now, will this end up being something that works out for these schools? We'll find out. So far at Tennessee State, you know, they haven't really turned the needle or turned the corner just yet. But and hopefully yep. they don't in week two next year. But, you know, um, but yeah, so I mean, that's we'll see it. We'll see, because it, just because Dion did it doesn't mean everybody else can do it. But that's just the reality of it, Ryan. I mean, that's just how, how we, it works. we even saw that. We even saw that in the, the NFL this year when Jeff Saturday was given the interim head coaching job and he was literally just like a consultant before that. Like yeah. he wasn't even a coach, just like really. And then I remember he won the first game and everyone's like, oh, see, it's a good yeah. coach. And then he lost like the rest of the games that he coached. So, yeah. yep, doesn't work for everyone, but I, I guess it can happen in the right situation. I guess that's where we yeah. are with that. So, yeah. Brandon Plesner with the super chat. Thank you, Brandon. Who are your guys' top five college quarterbacks returning for 2023? Not draft prospects, but your best college quarterbacks based on what you've seen. Poll on board. That's a that's an interesting one, Ryan. What what are some of your? I mean, obviously, Caleb, Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams and, and Drake, Drake, Drake May, real quick, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, Sam Hartman's going to be in that conversation, and. Just looking at the the list that you and I did this summer, I think we had Sam Hartman eleventh, I believe, and a lot of the guys that 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 we had on the list are gone, right? Right. And I'm I'm trying to think of uh, I'm, I'm going to try to find the list here real quick of the, of that breakdown. So we had um, best quarterbacks. Okay, so let's do this. Um, I'm going to pull up that list that we had this year, Ryan, and, and kind of read yep. you the guys that are returning. And then, of course, there's some breakout players. Sure. But uh, number five, so let's go one to five. So one is gone, two is gone, three is gone, four is gone. Uh, four is back, but he, he's at Kentucky now, Devin Leary, okay. who had a not a very good year and had some injury issues. And then uh, number five, Caleb Williams is back. And then you go down here, uh, number six, Tyler Van Dyke is back, but he had a bad year last year. Yeah. Uh, seven's gone. Eight was Phil Dracovic. He's back, but another injury riddled year. He's a pit. Uh, Brennan Armstrong is back at nine. Um, Grayson McCall. Also, also not a great year. <laughs> right. Uh, Grayson McCall is back six. And then next is 11, Sam Hartman. So he's seven based on what we had last year. Tanner McKee is gone. Malik Cunningham is gone. Spencer Rattler's back. He was eight. And then Dylan Gabriel's back. So that those were so nine of those 15 guys are actually back, but most of the top five is gone. Yeah. And so based on how the seasons went this past year, Sam Hartman had another really good year. And mm-hmm. a lot of those other guys did not. And so obviously Drake May broke out. I did not expect to see that from Drake May. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought the other kid right. might get the job because I thought, and I think at the end of the day, the reasons why I thought Drake may may not start, because I didn't know Drake may could run like that, yeah, are what hurt that team this year. And that is they can't run the football. They needed a quarterback that can run. So the reasoning why I thought the other guy might get the job ended up being partly why Drake may was so successful, but it also showed why North Carolina struggled this year. Is they couldn't run the football without the quarterback. Right. And uh, how a team that had 2,000 yard rushers just like two seasons ago has got so quickly bad at running the football is still beyond me. But uh, that's the reality of it. But, you know, th- those obviously, Ryan, it's it's easy to start with those two. But there's some other talented yep. players coming back. Obviously, Sam Hartman, to me, is in that conversation. Um, yep. Michael Penix is in that conversation. Oh, Michael, Michael Penix has to be after yeah. the year he just had. Yeah, he he's be. in that yeah. conversation now uh, for, you know, that, that three, four spot. You know, I mean, look, here's the deal. As far as yards per game, 
Sam Hartman is the let's see one. Is the Van Trees from kid from Georgia Southern coming back? He's he's gone. He's gone. Okay, so he's gone. So then Caleb Williams and uh Houston Clayton Toon is he he's gone too, right? He's out of eligibility. He's he another gone. year left. He gone. Drake May and Sam Hartman. So Sam Hartman's fourth amongst quarterbacks returning this past year uh, for um for yard passing yards this past season. Right, so it's not, it's, it's not a it's not a great quarterback crowd coming back next year. It doesn't yeah. well, it, it's not a good proven quarterback class. I mean, like like Bo sure. Nix comes back. He had a really good year last year. Bo, Bo still, would be in that conversation. He's in the he's definitely did. top ten guy coming back. You know, yeah. now he's got to show that he can he can play a little bit more consistently. You know, sure. KJ Jefferson's a kid that I like coming back. Uh, you know, Michael Pratt will have a chance to kind of do some things. You know, kind of mm-hmm. coming back this year. Jordan Travis is definitely in that conversation now. For top five quarterback, like, and I'm I'm listing guys, Brandon, because I I don't have a top five definitively right now. I know that yeah. I know that there I know for a fact three guys that would be in my top five: Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Michael Penix. That's the only ones I could guarantee would be in my top five. If I'm being honest, Sam Hartman's going to definitely be in that conversation, and as long with some of those other guys we mentioned, you know, I'm, I want to see what kind of success that that KJ Jefferson can have if he can be healthy for a year. You know, that that's going to be an interesting one as well. I think year two at Washington State too. I think Cameron Ward could take a nice step forward. He had a, yeah, he had a he solid had that, year. As a, but he had yeah, the transition year, right, Ryan? Like that's yeah. the knock a lot of these kids have when they go from FCS to Power Five, and they only get one year at Power Five. They don't have that great yeah. year at Power Five, but now he gets that adjustment year. Now the speed of the game is not going to be a thing for him next year. Yeah, to your point. He's, yeah, because he's really talented, and I mean, he was at. I mean, I think they play in like the Southern Conference or something like that in mm-hmm. FCS. So like, he's not even at like the, he's not playing in the Missouri Valley or CAA or anything like that. Like, he was a lower end yeah. FCS conference making the jump to Pac-12 football. It was a big jump, but I mean, he still threw for three thousand something yards, had twenty something touchdowns. Like, he showed a lot of talent. It's just it was too up and down, obviously in year yeah. one. So he could be he yeah. could take a jump though. I believe so. He's very talented. The kid's got a howitzer for an arm. So we'll see. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, look, there's some good quarterbacks coming back. Michael Pratt, he's a guy with some tools. He'll be in that conversation. But yeah, I mean, Sam Hartman's going to have a chance to be in that that conversation. Ryan, there's no conversation. There's no doubt about it. I mean, like I said, top five returning yards. He was he's top ten to ten or so in in uh, quarterback rating amongst returners coming back next year. You know, a guy who's kind of thrown under the fallen under the radar because he just he did he missed some opportunities to have real big games and some big moments mm-hmm. is is Jaron Hall. I don't think he ever really recovered perception-wise from how bad he was against Notre Dame and how yeah. you know Notre Dame gave him some problems. He, he ended up putting up really good numbers the rest of the way. He had over 300 yards passing against Oregon. He had 356 yards passing against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Had 400 or 377 against Dixie State, and then I think he got knocked out of the Stanford game. But he was seven for 11 for 93 yards and two touchdowns when he got knocked out of that game and then didn't play against SMU in the bowl game. He'll, he'll be at the Senior Bowl this year yeah. too. So he's yeah, so he's, he's gone. gone. Yeah, because he had another year of eligibility left. I'm pretty sure he's so at the season. He's a guy that should have should have came should have came back. To be honest with you, he had no more eligibility left. So, yeah, Notre Dame's got a, ch- a chance a chance to have one of the five best quarterbacks in college football next year. It's just how quickly does the reason I'm not willing to put Sam in there now mm-hmm. is because I just want to see this spring how quickly he adjusts to the system and the players in Notre Dame. I mean, it sure. it, it would be. It, how does Devin Leary come back? How, you know, there's some, does Tyler Van Dyke bounce back? There's just some guys that I really like that I need to see how they kind of bounce back this spring before I'm ready to say definitively, no doubt Sam Hartman's in there. 
I, I'm I'm pretty interested to see Spencer Sanders in Ole Miss's system too. I think that he could do some damage in that. I mean, they. I don't know. I think that you know, he could fit well in there potentially, but we'll he's see. He's just so inconsistent. I, I know, know he I is. I wonder how he quickly is. he's going to be able to make that transition to that system. Yeah. You know, it's um but yes, the tools are It is are there. a quarterback friendly system. It's, though, the tools are there. Like I don't yeah. think Matt Corral is like the smartest quarterback on the planet, right? I mean, and he was able to be pretty good there for one of his two years there. Yes. And Sanders is he was Sanders better his first year than he was his second year. Oh, he was way more, yeah. way more. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, there's. I, I think that. I mean, for me to answer it a little more definitively, I think that you know, just kind of working through a lot of the names for where we are right now, because there's going to be breakout stars, and our top five at the end of the season is going to look way better than when it starts, sure. most likely. But Caleb Drake Bay, I think Sam Hartman's in the conversation. Michael Penix would probably be a quarterback three at that point. And then I would probably put Jordan Travis in the top five for what he's he is really right good. now. I probably would. I probably so, would. So if yeah. you were forced to go with the five now, based on the combination of what they've been and projection, you would you would go with that. Would that be your five? Yeah, I, you know, I would probably go. Really push back against that, to be honest yeah, with I, you. Yeah, I'd probably go Williams, Williams, May, Penix, Travis, Hartman would probably yeah. be in the top five. That's fair. Five. Although – I will say this: They did have a head-to-head this year. Wake Forest and uh, Florida State this year. Yeah, they did have a head-to-head, and uh, yeah. Sam Hartman's team won by ten. So, in Tallahassee, you so, pushing up to four. You pushing up to four. Uh, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, but but in, in all seriousness, though, but but Jordan Travis was really good in that game too. I mean, they yeah. were both really good in that game. And uh, you know, but no, Jordan Travis just. The thing I like about him, Ryan, is he can just he can he's one of those type of kids as a college player, he can put a team on his back. And it, you know, if I if I had to if I had to pick between the two, let's just say we agreed on that that was the five. The reason mm-hmm. I would probably go with Jordan Travis right now is number one, he is in the same system. There's gonna be that familiarity there. And number two, I think he's shown more of an ability to say, I'm going to put this team on my shoulders with my legs and my arm and just will us to victory. Right. The rest of his team did not play very well against Oklahoma. They won because he said, we're not losing today. Sure. I mean, now some other guys made some great – like the Johnny Wilson one-handed catch, but that was a – the ball was thrown in the only spot that he could make that one-handed catch. I mean, he that was kid. so good that game. That kid's massive, by the way, man. Yes, Johnny Wilson he is. is. Dude. <laughs> but Sam's got to show he can do that, right? Sure. And and you know to be over those two. Caleb Williams has shown he can do that. Drake May has shown he can do that. Sam's the one guy. Sam and Penix to me aren't those guys yet, yeah, because they're not the movers, the runners that those other guys are. Is really what it comes down to. Penix still gets a nod over Travis because even though he's not that guy as a running around kind of guy, the the production he had this year was still nuts. And he's got and he's got both his all of his receivers back. Oh. All of them went back. Romeo um Rome Adunze and and uh Jalen McMillan and all those both guys. Thousand yarders back. both coming back, both yes. turning down the NFL to come back. Yeah, it's wild, man. It's wild. So he'll have a really nice year. I think not top five. Healthy. But, yeah, I think yeah. not top five, but Jaden Daniels, I think, deserves to be in that top ten conversation. He's somewhere. in the conversation. He had a nice yeah, year. Sure. Yeah. Jalen Daniels for Kansas, I wish didn't get hurt because he was having a great year before he yeah. did get injured, unfortunately. And he wasn't so. the same kid when he came back. 
It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. But even in that bowl game, though, he still showed that, like, even as bad as he was in the first half, like, he the second half, he just he can just go out there and make those weird, wild plays. He, he threw for, like, 400 game. yards in that game, yeah. man. <laughs> well, to me, the thing is, like, his not playing well early is mm-hmm. partly what put them in that hole that he had to then climb them out of. You know what I mean? And and so that, it showed. That, that was like that was like Trevor Lawrence's playoff game last week. Yeah. It's like, man, you ended up throwing four touchdowns, but he's like, but you well, threw four interceptions. Tyler Buckner. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. we talk about Tyler Buckner, right? Like you know, yeah. so the guy played great. We had to play great to get him out of the hole of the fact he threw a pair of pick sixes in the game, right? I mean, yeah. So, but uh, but he got it done, and that's um important thing to this thing we've got some more we've got some more super let's get kind of we've got like four questions so far so let's try to rock and roll through some of these here because yes, i know questions so far from eric o'brien thank you eric for the super chat he said just bought my ohio state tickets for next year it's my first time to be in south bend what are some must uh must things to do must see things or must things to do and go eat i have two full days in south bend yeah we went on a chocolate tour when I was yeah. in South Bend. It's so a South Bend really chocolate fun. factory. That's yeah, cool. I, that was so. fun. If you have children, Eric, I especially because they'd let you dip the chocolates and make your own and do all that ch- stuff on the tour, which is pretty cool. So I would check that out. Definitely go to Rocco's to eat. I mean, the pizza's really good and the atmosphere is pretty cool. There's like Notre Dame memorabilia all over the place. It's a famous place in the area that you've kind of got to go to. My favorite pizza place is more of a takeout place, but they do have a dining area that's Polito's uh, over on uh, Hickory, which is not far from campus. Hickory and uh, McKinley, corner of Hickory and McKinley. Really, really good place. I mean, honestly, Ryan, we don't, my wife and I, we don't get out a whole lot to the local restaurants. And the one place we love to go to closed down during COVID, Simonini Grill. It was an Italian place. I mean, they made like fresh, they made like homemade, like freshly made noodles, pasta noodles. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the meat and the vegetables were all locally bought. It was really good. Mike Elson actually turned me on to that place. He's told me nice. I need to check it out. Yeah. And uh, he tried to turn me on to this Vietnamese place. And I was like, Mm-mm, sorry. He took me there once and I was like, mm-mm. Gonna get, so gonna you get your foe ball. So you gotta get your gotta get your foe. I was like, my what? What 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 do I gotta do? My what are you talking about? And I was like, I, I'm imagining uh, your face on someone telling you that you get a foe ball. I'm imagining I'm like, n- n- no, I don't. I don't do that funny <laughs> stuff, man. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I was like, foe real, I'm not having that. So uh, but uh I was like, I was eating, I was like, oh no, thanks, man. Appreciate the lunch, you know. Oh, but uh uh but yeah, the, the the Italian place was really good. It just it was a small place. It was like there's like three booths and like three tables. So mm-hmm. like they just they needed the constant and you know you, it was expensive, but so we we we'd only go there every now and then, and we would only go because we would get those coupons at Costco. So you like pay seventy five bucks for a hundred dollars worth of co- you know coupons. <laughs> That's yes. how we would we would be able to kind of manage our way to go there for because we'd go to Andrew's birthday is when we would go because we couldn't afford to go any more than once or twice a year. So, but uh, other than that, I mean, most of the places we go to are the, the chain places, to be honest with you. I, and I honestly would say, Eric, like I would just go on the campus and spend a ton of time there, yeah. man. Just like take your time with that. Like get yeah. there early and just spend the entire day, entire day, like go to the grotto multiple times, right? Just walk around campus, see everything. Like that would be my honest biggest. And I don't know if they still have it, but led, it's been a while since I've been at Legends. But Legends has uh, was there with a, a couple buddies from high school were in town. Couple two twenty twenty one season maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, um, they had a really nice pretzel bun 
for the burger Ooh. that you could have. I like a I good do, pretzel. I do, I do like a, yeah. I like the pretzel bun with the burger and then the fried uh, yeah. little crispy onions on top. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, and that's a that's at Notre Dame. That's on campus at Notre Dame, like right by the football stadium. And the food's actually not bad. It really isn't. Now, yeah. it gets a little packed during home games. And I imagine, you know, so you, you, there may be a line. You may need to make a reservation. But that's a that's a cool place because there's cool scenery there. And it's right on campus. And, you know, it's yeah. pretty cool. And just walk around the parking lot. Notre Dame fans are awesome tailgating. Go yeah. to the bookstore. Get all your stuff. Like, it's well, really we'll be nice tailgating that game. Yes. I mean, that, we're tailgating that game. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to talk Ryan into making that the game him and his family come to this year. So. We'll just have to we'll have to see if we can work that out because that's going to yeah. be a, a fun game. And Eric, if you have some time, man, you can get up to Chicago for a little bit. There's some cool stuff to see in Chicago, honestly. But now, nah, eh, gotta like you can visit Sean Davis, man. You yeah, can visit Sean, Davis. Yeah. Sean will be on campus that weekend for that game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get to some more here. This is really great question so far. We got one from here from Joe Papiti. Thank you, Joe, for your super chat. Joe Papiti, thank you, Joe, as well. He said, "Ugh, 1993. My knee, pr- uh, my knee prints are still on the carpet. Praying the Boston College missed the kick." Question: Any assistant coaches on the hot seat for Notre Dame? Also, thank you, Mike Bray. I'm a I'm a Blue Hen grad. Yeah, so Delaware guys, where Mike yep. Bray got his head coaching start. Uh, hot seat? No, I don't think any of them are in the hot seat per se. I think you know. I think that the the D line coach and the the defensive coordinator and, and the offensive coordinator, the three guys that sort of have the, you know, hey, it's time to to show something here. I think that Tommy Reese of those three is the most in good position because he's recruiting very well, you know, and and so and and the offense had a good finish to the year. The, you know, I think Golden and Washington. The problem for them is they didn't coach great this year, and they didn't recruit really very well either. And I think that's the issue there. Like Chris O'Leary, I don't think he's on the hot seat per se. He's got to step up his recruiting, though. But he's coaching really well. And so I think that's the reason why Al Golden and Al Washington are a little bit more, I'd say, you know, seats starting to, you know, like when you have like a heated chair, Ryan, and you just kind of first turn it on and you start to feel a little bit of that warmth. I think that's where they are right now. They just turn that sucker on. It's a, it's a little bit before I'd say they're on the hot seat, in my opinion. Not quite there yet. You agree? Disagree? Yeah. I mean, just because it's a, it's it's also a brand new staff for the most part, too, right? Like, I don't think you usually just give guys one year to prove right. themselves, right? It, like, they would have to be really bad. year a little bit. Exactly, they'd have to be really. And so we said Al Golden did not do a good enough job coaching this year to be a championship team, but he. It, but there's a lot of teams that would have gladly taken the job Al Golden did this year. That's no the doubt. point. It's no doubt. What's the standard? What's the metric that we're valuing on? If it's just overall, how did he do with no context of expectations? Did a good yep. job this year. It was solid. It was fine. It was solid. It was solid. You know, and, and just just like players usually take a jump from year one to year two, coaches can do that too, right? Especially like a guy who hadn't been a coordinator for a while. You know, and same 100%. thing with Al Washington. He hadn't coached the D line in a few years. I mean, he's got to shake off some of the rust from there. He'd been a linebackers coach for several years, so I'm willing to give both of them another shot. They just they got to prove it. They've got to get better, and there's no question. And they've they've got to look in the mirror and say, Hey, I didn't do a good enough job here. What do I got to do to do better? and get it done. So yep. that's where I'm at. Got another one from Alejandro Cornell. Alejandro, thank you again. Regarding my question from earlier about national championships, college football's worst nightmare is Notre Dame becoming a national champion again. 100%. The brand is scary when it's at the top. 100%. Agree? Agree? Well, yes, because college football doesn't want people to think that you can actually have kids go to class 
and not yep. buy players and all that. They want to, they don't want people to realize that you don't have to do this to win. Yes. Right. You know, it, it is okay to demand excellence from, because here's the thing. If Notre Dame goes on a dominant run and if the media was doing its job and they won't, then they'd be saying, Hey, how come Alabama, you're not doing this academically that they're doing. Hey, Georgia, why aren't you doing the things academically that they're doing? Why aren't your players doing this and doing that, doing this other thing? And that's something that I don't think Dabo Sweeney's ever got enough credit for either. He's produced a lot of first-round draft picks who were also all-academic conference players in his tenure. And he doesn't get enough credit for that, in my opinion. Uh, Christian Wilkins was what graduated with two degrees from Clemson. In four years, right? Like Like, legit degrees. They weren't like BS, like, you know, basket weaving and, you know, underwater snorkeling. You know what I mean? Like they were like, he was getting legit degrees at Clemson. And and we're going to talk about that, you know? Um, So that's, and that's a, that's a future first round pick Christian Wilkins, right? It's not like a fringe NFL. Exactly. It's not, it's not Hunter Renfro who was a walk on that was there for 13 years. Right. I mean, this is a guy that was a five star big time recruit no doubt there's no doubt yep no and doubt. it's turned into a very good player for the miami dolphins which yeah. has been awesome to see but i agree with you alejandro again n- n- the rest of college football does not want notre dame to be cool again they don't no. want them to be cool again that's why they're all i'm telling you especially now with marcus freeman there that's what i was going to say there's some nervousness about marcus freeman being the guy at charge there is because you're from the outside perspective because they're yeah. like oh no they got a cool hey, coach now Uh oh. let's be real about something too right Sports yeah. is a bandwagon sport, right? Like, there's a lot of alums I know and bo- donors that I know that Notre Dame can go three and nine next year, and they're still going to support the program financially and in every other way because they love Tom Mendoza is not going anywhere, right? Like, there's other guys like him that aren't going to go anywhere if the team loses. They're just not. They're going to always support the team. But like with anything, there's a lot of good businessmen that right now don't see Notre Dame as a good investment, and I get that. Now they're starting to more and more and more in recent years. But for a long time, they weren't. Let Notre Dame go out there and win a championship and see how many people want to get involved in this NIL business and want to be associated with Notre Dame. Like, hey, I want to start getting Notre Dame players to be repping my company. I want to start doing this. I want to start doing this. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, these Notre Dame players are are making bank like everybody else is. And now it's like, hey, we're not going to give you a guarantee. But do you know what our starting – do you know what C.J. Carr made last year? Right. Do you Or Kenny Minchie or, or Sam Hartman or Tyler Buckner. Do you know how much he made last year? Right, like, do you know how much Tobias Merriweather made last year during his run to the Bolitnikov? You, you, you see what I'm saying? Once that door gets kicked down, all of a sudden the the bandwagon donors and the bandwagon business people, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm actually looking at this from a business standpoint. Like, is that really an investment that I want to spend my money on? Is the brand quite strong enough for me to put that kind of money into it? Well, Notre Dame goes out and wins a championship with Marcus Freeman. It's the head football coach, and all of a sudden, I want a piece of that. I want to get a part of that. Well, and now all of a sudden the money starts flowing in even more into the program. That's just human nature. And it's also smart business. Yep. Let's be real about that. Well, and I, I think it's a great point on the brand too, is that again, Notre Dame hasn't won in a long time and they, their brand still stays strong, right? It's still a strong brand. If you now in, inject a championship into what the brand already exists, it's a wildfire, man. Like good luck putting it out at that point. Like it, it could really take off in my opinion. So I agree with you, Alejandro. I agree with your sentiment hundred percent.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.